You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. We're brought to you by rockauto.com. They have an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, too. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network, and you can subscribe to the pod on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, and you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets, at Walker Mail, and at Not of the Scribe. We're firing up those reminders to send in your questions to the mailbag episode that we will have tomorrow. It's what we've been doing the last kind of month or so. I think we've gone with a couple of episodes. Tomorrow will be our third mailbag episode. So send in your questions. It can be an ask me anything type of deal, or you can just continue to ask about the Charlotte Hornets, what we expect coming up from this team in the second half of the season. Anything goes, you can ask us and we will answer it tomorrow on our mailbag episode. Uh, Until then, uh, we are going with the player recaps over the first half of the season and nada is basically just kind of going haphazardly deciding what we should decide to do each day as far as what player we're talking about. look here's the thing i I go where the clicks go i'm a producer at heart i go where the clicks (laughs) go and i know to draw this out to the people that you actually want to listen to you're gonna have to wait till thursday I'm sorry. We have a mailbag that seems to be very immensely popular. We're going to talk about Terry Rogier, and we're getting, we're, we're eating our veggies before we get to the fun stuff and talking about Lamelo and Gordon and all these other guys. Because you know what? We because you know why? I am here for the clicks. I am here to draw the clicks. We are very, we are noticed around the locked on company right now. We have one of the best improvements. We thank Lamelo, but I also want to thank us because we're so damn good at our jobs, right? Walker? Okay. That that turned that turned into self-assessing what we did in the first half more so than what the Hornets did. You were just praising us rather than LaMelo Ball. Are you saying that we are partly responsible for this? Look, here's the thing. You can't love someone else if you don't love yourself. So you know what? I'm choosing to love myself first. Uh, that's absolutely true. You should be a therapist. We should talk it out, Nada. And I feel like we are going with the dessert at least today. Maybe not yesterday. We were going with more of the vegetable. Yeah. But today, we're going with the dessert. Terry Rogier has been awesome this season. We've been praising him a lot. So let's start there. The first segment of the day, he belong, it belongs to the second year, Charlotte Hornet, coming over from the Boston Celtics, who had a career year last season mm-hmm. and has gone to a completely different level this year. Let's look at the numbers. He's averaging 20 and a half points per game. He's doing so on 49% shooting from the field. He's doing so also on 44% shooting from three, 43.9 to be exact. The uh, the uh, effective field goal percentage, it's at 60.1 right now. So it's absolutely bonkers. 82.4% from the free throw line going there 2.8 times per game. And the assist numbers, they're down a little bit, 3.2. But he's moved to that off-ball roll. And the turnovers, they're basically the same as last year. I still think the uh, decision-making from Terry has improved compared to what it was last season. Um, so look, not of the numbers, they are fantastic. And we've even seen some monstrous stretches from Terry Rozier. We can go back to a couple of weeks ago. He had the four game stretch where he was averaging over 30 points a game. He was helping you win some of those games single-handedly. And then we can even go back to this game against Minnesota where they were able to extend 
a huge lead against the Timberwolves because he hit three three pointers in the span of a minute and 29 seconds and then hit another three pointer uh, to complete an 18 to nothing run against Minnesota. The guy has been flames and it's been a lot of fun to watch him. this yeah, year. Yeah, no, Terry Rozier has been one of the most interesting guys in the on the Charlotte Hornets this year, because quite honestly, he's been what you would call a modern day too. He's expected to be, I, I won't call him a three and D guy because the D is a little, leaves a little bit to be desired. But at the same time, I would tell you that from three pointer, from three point range, he's probably been the best shooter on the team thus far. Malik's closing on his heels, but at the same time, I really do feel like this was, again, Terry Rozier has been used the best by James Borrego, and that's something that I'm not sure anyone would have said considering his other coach was Brad Stevens. So mm -hmm. to find a way to use Terry Rozier in a way to basically be your offensive bouncer, your offensive stabilizer, and we've seen as Terry goes offensively, a lot of the time the Hornets go. So when you call, uh, while Gordon Hayward might be the steadiest Charlotte Hornet, the most vital Charlotte Hornet offensively might be Terry Rozier, and it may not be close. Well, yeah, I mean, when it comes to shot making, Terry has been that guy. The percentages, they're certainly there, but also in clutch time, Terry has been the clutch player for a team that has also performed extremely well in the clutch. And Rick Bennell was writing about this, I believe it was just a couple of weeks ago. The NBA defines clutch time as the last five minutes of a game when the margin between the two teams is five points or fewer. And in those games, the Hornets have played 38 minutes in clutch time this season and have obliterated opponents in that time. This again, according to Rick Bennell in this article two weeks ago, they've outscored uh, opponents by 53.3 points per 100 possessions. The next best NBA clutch team is Philadelphia at plus 35 points per 100 possessions. And you look at what Terry Rozier has done in that span. He's been the guy that they've leaned on a lot. Devontae was clutch last season for sure, too. We've seen Malik. He has been uh, a guy that has performed down the stretch in a lot of these games as well. But Terry, he's the one that has continued to give you big shot after big shot. You can go back to that Golden State Warriors game where he hit his uh, first buzzer beater of his NBA career. I love what you've seen from Terry. And you, you've seen him go to an entirely different level. And it's why, even if you thought you actually had some backcourt depth coming into this season, when you drafted a LaMelo ball, now you got LaMelo, Devontae, Terry, and Malik, who has entered the rotation. We'll get to Malik in the second segment. I think that all of them play well together. I think all of them have that ability to bounce off one another. And I know you've kind of raised an eyebrow a little bit with Devontae Graham's fit in all of this. Mm -hmm. I just think Devontae is a really good decision maker and Terry has been way better suited off ball. It, the, the things that you desire are a little bit more height and more defense from Terry. Yes. But offensively, it's someone that has become one of the elite shooters in the past two seasons. And the thing that has actually improved the most for him, it, it's not even the three-point shooting because remember, he was good last year, especially in the second half. It's the shooting percentage inside the three-point arc. The best he's ever shot from two-point range was 43.6%. Not good. Yeah. And that was last year with the Hornets. What he's doing this season, it's 54.3%. 
you're almost going up a whole 10 percentage points when you look at all of this. So it's, you you are, I shouldn't say almost, excuse me. He's going up an entire, you know, 10 percentage points um, from two point range. And I think that's been uh, among the biggest developments and why we've seen Terry develop so much. No, Terry's developed so much. And it it goes back to the guys like Jay Hernandez and other guys and, other guys on that staff, Ronald Norad, other like it goes back to the development staff of the development of Terry Rozier. It also proves a point that I don't think we talk about nearly enough is that just because you're not 21, 22, 23 doesn't mean you can't further develop and have a second career arc. Some guys are late bloomers. Terry Rozier clearly is one of those guys that happens to be a late bloomer and happens to figure out the league a little bit more on his own timeline and being put in a place like Charlotte, where he could figure that out and not have to worry about wins and losses. Sometimes being able to say development matters and wins and losses really, really don't kind of matters. So, again, if we're going to have to give a grade to Terry Rozier, I want to give him an A A grade, Walker. I really do. I can't. I can't. Is it just defensively that you don't? Yeah, defensively is the only thing. Defensively... Is is the only reason I theoretically really can't do it. If you're telling me that defense matters and defense matters on this team because they are just so bad and it holds them back from being a better team, and I granted I am one of those that say this is year two, year three of a rebuild. Defensively, he's just not good enough to where I can give him an an A grade. But of the B pluses, he might be the highest one. And, and I think that's yeah. where I'm at. You know, Nada, I, I, I don't mind going A minus for Terry. I, I don't. And I, I'm totally with you on the defensive side. There's been a lot of problems on that end of the floor. He's he's played Olay defense quite a bit. And, um, you know, I, it's, it's a real problem. But the offensive game, it, it's just been so good. The shot selection's better. I think the decision-making's better. And it's not like it's the best in the world, but it's just better than what it was last season. He continued, he improved upon an already good three-point percentage last year. He's doing so on more volume from three. He's changing his role a little bit once again, and he's shooting better inside the arc, and he's become a really clutch player. I think all of what he's brought you offensively has and he's actually I think he's actually gotten a little bit better of a passer not only just this season but actually I felt like the last 15 games or so there were a couple of games that I thought oh that's the best pass of Terry's season so far oh wait no now that one is okay no now that one is I I feel like I've had a few of those moments in the last 10 games or so I'll go a minus I just think the offensive game from him it's just been too good now you brought up a good point it does bring up something we discuss a lot every once in a while players will bloom a little bit late in their career. Not only has Terry done that, it's been Malik Monk, and we're going to talk about it more coming up in the next segment. But first, I want to discuss rockauto.com because one reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use for other important things like the mortgage or your food. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, or 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain storefront or new car dealership? rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You can go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Best of all prices at rockauto.com. They're always reliably low and the same for professionals and do it, uh, do it yourself. So again, 
I ask you, why do you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck, right? Locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. We talk about Malik Monk coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. And the Google description here says, on contracts made before June, where the wheat is deliverable in December, either wheat of the grades, named or numbered, <laughs> B shares Batik of New York, N.B.A. So take that for what you will. It's a lot of information I just threw at you. I apologize. What was the grade? The Yeah, the wheat was graded uh, C-. minus. Let's get them on. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Betting on the Hornets doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Subscribe to the Locked on Bets podcast, brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcast. Malik Monk, he entered the rotation I believe it was the first or the second Indiana game. And that was when he entered the rotation and stayed there. James Borrego had flirted with him a couple of times. And then he pulled the Abe Simpson where he enters the burlesque house, puts the hat on the rack, looks at his son Bart or his grandson Bart, and then walks right back out of the rotation. It was Malik Monk in a Jeff um, in a Jeff form. Ever since he's entered the rotation frequently and stayed there, the guy's been awesome. And we've seen him really the last, I should say, seven or eight games or so. He was averaging 20 points. He was making plays driving to the rim. He was finishing at the rim like he was last year lately. And it took him a little while to start doing that. But that even came a a part of his game as the season went on. And Nada, it's the three-point shooting for him that has brought him to an entirely different level. No, it, it, this is what. Go no, ahead. It has, and you're right. It, this is this is this is the pro what the prophecy foretold. This is exactly what we were expecting from Malik Monk when he was drafted four years ago. We're now we're just now getting it, and he's just now scratching the surface of what he can do. He's again outside of some turnovers that he made, and, and this is going to be a giant. This is, this grade is probably going to be one giant apology from me for not believing. <laughs> I will say this though, um, Malik, it, it, this Malik is the type of guy that gets overpaid very very easily because. Of what his skill- doesn't sound like much of an apology. Now, give me a second. I'm <laughs> getting there. <laughs> so what I'm saying, but what I'm saying is that I want, like this guy has blown all my expectations out for this year, and the twenty averaging, averaging twenty points a game against probably the most difficult stretch of the season up to this point was a very impressive feat. Winning again, he's making winning basketball plays. He's won the Hornets two games this year, the Miami game specifically, and then the Sacramento game. And then on top of that, you can throw the Phoenix game in where he kept them afloat in that first half. So when we have a conversation about what his grade is going to be, we're going to have to look at it as like you have to throw out the first three years of his career just to be fair to him. I did not throw those three years away. I expected him to continue to do the same thing. I am famously on a video saying that I need to see more from Malik Monk. I no longer need to see more. 
I will leave it at that. Yeah. Uh, Malik, you know, you look at some of the field goal percentage by distance. It's funny because he's always actually been pretty good at finishing at the rim. Even in the years prior, you look at him, it, you know, 67.1% last season. It was 64.3% the year prior at age 20. And we can continue to go to Malik Monk just bl blooming a little bit later. And here's another thing that you have to keep in mind when you bring in these these young of players in the NBA. Malik Monk is 23 years old right now, and he only turned 23 30 days ago. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's so crazy young. And I, I know Malik has talked about it even before this year about how much he needs to mature and how much he needs to just turn into an adult. But I mean, God almighty. I mean, he's 22. He was 22 coming into the season. He just turned 23. And we're saying like, yeah, that's a real late, uh, late bloomer for some of these guys. And yeah, I mean, it's his fourth year in the league, but that kind of stuff matters. You know, when you're that young, it might take you a little bit more time to develop in this league. And the three-point percentage, it's been huge for what he can bring to a basketball team. The effective field goal percentage is at 58.3. He's averaging 13 and a half points per game. Um, he's averaging a similar amount of minutes per game as to what he did last year. 22.7 this season. It was 21.3 last year. But the field goal percentage is 46.2. The three-point percentage is 43.9 on 5.6 attempts from distance per game. Um, and the assists, they're uh, roughly the same as last year, 1.9. The turnovers are roughly the same from last year at one and a half. And I'm scrolling down to find his usage percentage. Um, it's just a little bit up 23 and a half compared to 22.9 last season. Those are the stats from Malik Monk given to what we expected from him after COVID. I, you know, I think it had a, a pretty big impact on why he didn't enter the rotation sooner. I, you know, I know I, I agree. I agree with you there. Like, yeah, the guy. And this is what I was when people said that. Why did he didn't he play earlier? The guy that you go. I want people to go back and look at those games against like Orlando, those preseason games against Orlando and other games. That guy was a, visibly a full step to a step and a half slower than the guy we're seeing right now. That would not have been fair to put Malik out there against co NBA competition being that far behind. And I, it, that would have dro driven me nuts. And it honestly would have probably shot the confidence all again, shot the confidence of Malik Monk all the way down. So at the same time, like I understood why he didn't play early because of COVID. I just like for some reason, I didn't think it was going to get any better, and I, I, I was wrong, but I, it made sense to early why he did not play. Yeah, I, 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 I struggle with that a little bit because I agree, and I, I probably didn't put enough notice on that in the beginning that COVID is a reason why he wasn't entering the rotation, and we had an interview with Rick Pinnell earlier this season. He thinks that had a big impact on when he entered the rotation with no question, and so I, put a, I should have put more emphasis on that. I still question, you know, when was the line that James Borrego should have put Malik in? Because I thought he was well past it. And even considering his positive COVID-19 test, I, I still think we probably passed it. But in the end, you know, at least Borrego puts him back in. And I'll say this too, Nada, even, even if you think he was clearly a step behind and, and I, you think he was clearly a step behind, you know, I, I don't know how much I was able to make of how slow he was compared to years prior 
but he actually performed pretty well outside of the first preseason game. You know, the numbers were fine to me. Yeah, I, I actually thought he played pretty well in those preseason games. And he was shooting, I believe, like he shot 50% in, in from three in, in the, the games after the first uh, preseason game that he entered. So we'll see. Malik, Malik has been awesome so far. And ever since he's came back into and, and getting significant run again, and I hope that he's able to continue where he left off in the second half of the season, final grade. Oh man, uh oh, uh oh. <laughs> I'll go B plus. I'll go wow. B plus. And, and and the only reason, because I think defensively he's just fine for the Charlotte Hornets team. I, I think you know there there was a little stretch after the Miami game mm -hmm. where I, I thought he was I thought he was fine. I don't think he was bad. It just wasn't 20 point Malik like we've been getting really the last 10 games or so. Um, I'll go B plus and, you know, I want to give him an A yeah. <laughs> for the way he's played. Look, um, I, I I can't give him an A. I like how, there's going to be a question of how many people I can give B pluses to. Uh, yeah, Malik is and, and one look, of them. I, I feel weird about that, but we're, we're grading based on what their expectations were heading into the exactly. season. And like, it, so I, I feel comfortable. I stand by my grading system. I feel like I, I kind of feel like at this point, giving him a solid B plus feels OK to me. And especially considering what the expectation, like you said, what the expectations for this season were supposed to be. Malik is ahead of schedule for where we think he was. And I think he's actually now on schedule for where we always thought his career was going to be. He's right on schedule right now. I yeah. I, I feel like B plus feels accurate for right now. I feel like giving yeah. him a B plus right Join now. Join me. And I can't give, like you said, I can't give him an A. I don't think there are very, very many people that are guaranteed to have to have A grades. Like I, like I said yesterday. There's one guy I feel comfortable giving an A grade to, and there may be a second. May. I well, yeah, and I just gave an A minus out to Terry Rozier. And th that's the thing. As we prepare for high grades for a basketball team that is currently one under 500, it might feel a little weird. But again, this is based off what everyone thought we were going to get from this Hornets team. And I think that's fair. It goes to a mantra we've discussed all season long. How many players have been truly disappointing this season? I think most people would point to PJ and I think most people would point to Devante. We haven't gotten to Devante yet, but even Devante has advanced stats that would uh, directly counter some of the people that don't think Devontae's had a good season and PJ's traditional counting stats are countering what people haven't actually, uh, when people actually think he's been disappointing and I gave PJ a C plus. So, you know, maybe it's a little high in your opinion, but I've been uh, pretty happy with what we've seen from a lot of the Hornets this year. Let's get to the third segment. Uh, but first I want you to uh, go visit bet online. AG. They're the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your sports action football. It might be over, but you have plenty of NBA, college basketball, and the NHL that is in full swing. They have real-time updated odds. They have props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts, promo code Locked On. We have one more player to get to today. It's Cody Zeller coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. 
February is Black History Month, and the Locked On Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and success of black men and women in sports with a new series called Locked On Presence More Than... God Almighty. <laughs> Keep this. You're, you're not deleting this at all. This is going to end up being a, a, a bit. I promise you. It's going to... No. No, it's going to be a bump. It's going to be a bump. Let it, let it, just let it be. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. When you need fantasy basketball advice, it's important that you have a reliable source. More people trust Josh Lloyd. He's the host of Locked On Fantasy Basketball than any other fantasy basketball pod. Subscribe to the number one fantasy basketball podcast, Locked On Fantasy Basketball, wherever you get your podcast. Cody Zeller's up next, Nada. And Cody Zeller, he's had a little bit of an injury problem this season. It's reared its head after he had gone through that earlier in his career. So and not even, I should say earlier, you look at what happened in 2017 and 2018. He only played 33 games for the Charlotte mm-hmm. Hornets. You look at 2018, 2019, he only played 49 games for the Hornets. Now, last year, he appeared in a lot more games, 58. And you got to think, uh, I forget how many games they played. Not it was like 68, something like yeah. that, uh, yeah, something to that tune. And so he played a, a lot more percentage-wise than what he had played a a couple of the seasons prior. He's appeared in 18 games so far this season. Um, So you've had a little bit of an injury problem with him. He's averaging 23.4 minutes per Mm -hmm. game. He's shooting 51.4% from the field. He's averaging 9.7 points per game. Uh, He's averaging 7.6 rebounds per game. That's actually a career high for Cody. That's what he would be on track for. And some of the other percentages that you see, some of the other stats, they're roughly the same as what he's given you his career. Now, the assist percentage is actually a little bit more up this season. You see him at 2.4 per game. The assist percentage, as I try to scroll down here, you would have to think it's up after that. Yeah, it's 15.3 compared to the next best uh, number he put up in his career two years ago. That was 12.1. So you're seeing Cody involved in some playmaking a little bit more when the basketball is in his hands. And he's always been capable of that. Clearly not a Cody Zeller affects this basketball team in a positive way. He's the guy that you have to rely on because he's the only reliable, true center that you have on the roster. Bismack, he's just not that. Uh, and offensively or defensively, he just can't give you what Cody can, and Cody can give it to you consistently as long as he's healthy. You know, th- this is not an inconsistent performer. He just might be inconsistent when it comes to his health, and that's somewhat of the problem. What are your overall thoughts before we grade Cody Zeller? Cody Zeller is the best big on this roster and is by a very, very, very wide margin. That is the first <laughs> yeah. part, first place I, uh, I will start. He's impressed me because he's added more moves to the bag this year. Like, how many seven-footers or near-seven-footers are you seeing shooting floaters? Now, granted, that may be an indictment itself, but still, Cody has added the floater game. The mid-range game that we really don't like people shooting right now is is being added. He's hitting threes. Now, granted, they're still in the single digits, but still, like, he's, this is, I'm not going to say career renaissance for Cody Zeller, but at the same time, I've been impressed with the, just the overall output and the overall maximization of his skill set. And... If that's going to be the case, like he, like I said before, like I said when I started this, he's the best big by leaps and bounds on this roster. The only issue I have when it comes to giving out a grade for this man is that he's only played 18 games. Mm-hmm. That's where I go. 
And if you are going, if someone's going to force me to to give him a grade, and I hate going there with this right now, but this is what happens when you set your own parameters. You kind of have to follow them. Um, That's right. I'm going to go with an incomplete grade. There's not enough of a body of work to where I feel confident giving him a grade thus far. I I think there's been enough, and I get it because we're talking about really, you know, basically 50% of the games that the Hornets have played this season, Cody Zeller has appeared in. You know, you're talking about the first game against Cleveland, he gets hurt. He misses, you know, more. He misses double-digit amount of games before he comes back against Chicago. That was game 15 that he comes back and plays in. And so the total amount of games that the Hornets have played, it's 35. He's played in 18. So you're talking really right at 50%. I get it. I feel comfortable enough to give him a grade because I think as much as he's as much as you could point to the evidence of when he's played, mm-hmm. you could also point to the evidence of when he's not played Fair. and how this team has been affected. And I think because of that, I'm going to settle on a B for Cody. And you look at some of the numbers that he's given. Andrew Bailey was uh, putting some of these stats out, just looking at the Charlotte Hornets. And as he often does, um, you know, just some of the catch all stats for everybody when you can when you look at all of the stats that try to encompass everything possible and try to give you an overall stat on how you evaluate a player if you were to just look at one problematic as it may be when you try to average all of those Cody Zeller came in at 148 top 150 real solid (laughs) and you look at um, just a month ago, uh, Bailey tweeted this out. The Hornets are plus 19.2 points per 100 possessions. That's the 99th percentile when Gordon Hayward, LaMelo Ball, and Cody Zeller are all on the floor together. So, you know, Cody has a true huge impact with this team, and it's led us to a ton of conversations on whether he actually is going to stay here long term. I give Cody a B for what he's done so far, albeit he's missed quite a bit of time. Yeah, no, like I get giving him a B. Um, mm-hmm. I would have. Here's the thing: had he had he passed the threshold for games given out, I probably would have gone B plus as well because again, I've seen the improvement. And he's been their best defensive big by a large margin. Um, I really do think, though, that, like I said, it's hard to dispute the numbers when he's on the floor and and as to when he's off the floor and how much it affects them. I just, like, I think a lot of his absence, though, and I think this is what we need to balance this by, is the fact a lot of his absence hurts because of the lack of, reinforcements at the big level and i'm not sure if that's going to be if a nick richards this year or a vernon carry next year that can replicate a bunch of the things that cody can do while keeping cody on the on the on the roster so i i do wonder though like like a b feels a b feels like a really good point to, to grade him at i just can't like i said i can't do it because of the amount of games played do you have do you have any mental conflict of all of the high grades that we're giving out? I know we just addressed it last segment, and I can't help but feel like I'm being too much of a homer. But you know, no. it it's you you just look at these individual guys, and again, given to what you were expecting from them this season, okay, what did they improve on? You know, what, 
are they continuing some kind of level of consistency? How much have they contributed to a year where they're in a real fight to make a outright playoff yes. spot, not just to get in the play in tournament, but they're in, they, they have a real shot to, to just outright get into the playoffs and not even mess with the whole play in tournament. It's because of guys improving. It's, you know, perhaps there's luck involved in some places, you know, perhaps, you know, you could point to maybe a couple of different things, but the Hornets are taking care of teams that they're supposed to. They're competitive uh, against teams that are better on paper than them. And when you talk about them actually getting a six seed before you head into the all-star break, it's because a lot of players on the roster are punching up. And uh, that that's why I think you're going to see a decent amount of high grades for a team that still is a game under five. Also, here's the other thing, people, when people start accusing us of giving out really high grades, just remember, we have not discussed the Martin twins or we have not discussed, discussed Bismack Biombo, and we could. That's true. And and, and then even Devante, that'll be fair. Yeah. I mean, that that's not what we'll, we'll see. Devante will be interesting because the advanced stats like him and uh, he still he opened up the season on what was a massive shooting slump. So we'll get to a couple of those guys tomorrow. You'll have Devante Graham. You'll have Gordon Hayward. And then, yes, you'll get LaMelo Ball. We have a game on Thursday that we can also start to preview. And then maybe even also on Thursday, we'll try to do the cleanup crew. Bismack, Biombo, McDaniels, combine the Martin twins. We can grade some of the other guys that have appeared in the rotation, even if they have not been mainstays. That'll do it for Locked On Hornets. Thanks again for joining us on the Locked On Podcast Network. And thanks again to rockauto.com for supporting the show. Tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NBA, Hollinger and Duncan rejecting the screen. Uh, really any show on the Locked On Podcast Network. Have a great day. We'll be back with you tomorrow. <laughs>